Hello and welcome to Project 99. It is April 11th, 2021. We, yeah. got, we got quite a few uh, topics to cover. Yeah, we, we took off last week. It was Zombie Jesus Day. Yeah, it was Zombie Jesus Day. They don't like it when you call it that. <laughs> it was weird too because like I remember when my mom wanted you know you to go to church when you were like six years old and I was... Pretty much at that point, it's like a pag- into paganism and, you know, celebrating nature and the change of the season and all that, which I kind of still in that. But she was like, you know, you should let your children have it. And I said, look, I'm not trying to push any any ideology on them. Like, I just, you know, whatever they grow up to be, that's what they grow up to be. Like, if you want to take her to church, whatever. But I remember you coming home and saying, like, Christians were scary people. And I said, why do you say that? And you were telling me about, like, they must have had communion because you were like, they were saying it was, like, Jesus' blood and, like, his body, and they were, like, eating it. <laughs> and there was, like, he was, like, hanging up on this um, wood with nails in his hands and bleeding, and I asked Grandma Patty, why did they do that to him? And she said because he wanted them to do it. <laughs> so you were like, these people are a bunch of fucking cannibal sadists. <laughs> and my mind I don't ever want to go back. <laughs> I still think it's just absurd. So it just goes to show, like, if whatever you're raised around, you come to normalize that because you understand, I guess, like, the philosophy behind the symbolism. But, like, the first time someone saw, like, our little altar in our house and they were like, oh, it's got a knife. Oh, and people used to come over and we we kept salt in the windows, like rock salt. People were always so freaked out by that. They're just like, what is this? Some kind of, like, it's like a shit you find in a horror movie. And I'm like, all right, it's just salt, but okay. You're the one being weird. It's just fucking salt. But like, if you ever seen like a pagan like altar, there's like the athame, which is with a ritual like knife or dagger. And then there's a chalice. And so those represent like the male and female. It doesn't take much to imagine that it's like the penis and the vagina. (laughs) And so, you know, like it's just basically a representation of male female energies. That's just, it's just a thing. Like, it, it, you could have, like, a dildo laying there instead of an athame, I guess. But it's a little kind of rude, so <laughs> just have the athame, you know, and the nice chalice. So you don't have to have literally a penis and a vagina laying there. But, um, yeah, so I guess if you, like, understand the symbolism of it and all that, you, you aren't freaked out by it. But we don't tend to, like, get the perspective you had as a six- or seven-year-old, like, not ever having been exposed Dude, to, Dude, my like, whole entire idea. life hearing stuff that people <laughs> do that's religious it's like it's hard for me to not look at it like a cult <laughs> it, i mean it's really strange i remember the first time i was watching tv and these people had this black shit on their forehead mm-hmm. on the news and i was like <laughs> like went up to the tv trying to wipe it off the tv and i was like oh it's on that guy's head and then i'm like laughing because i'm like this guy like they're just letting him like be out there with this shit on his head and then they went to the lady and she had it too and i was like okay wait a minute <laughs> I am the one that doesn't understand. <laughs> like the joke is on me. Yeah, and like that's like Ash Wednesday, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why they do that, but um, yeah, blew my mind. Still blows my mind looking around at all these kids and you know all my peers posting pictures of the stuff they buy for their kids on Easter, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I have no idea how any of this relates to believing. But could in you Christ. imagine the kind of world that we would live in if, like, say you weren't a lot not allowed to expose children to any religious belief until they were like 13 and then you tried to lay this shit on them about religion, they would be like traumatized. No matter probably what the religion is. I don't know, but Christianity's got some kind of like wild shit too. Like they, you know, they're always like, oh, Islam, you know, like it's some mysterious and evil. There's some evil in the Quran and shit. It's just like, have you read all of the Bible? But um, 
Anyway, yeah, so we took Zombie Jesus Day. What do you call it? Zombie Jesus Day. Zombie yeah. Jesus Day. Yeah, we took that day off. <clears throat> it blows my mind. It's like I, I saw this meme and it's like a picture of uh, Christ's hands with the nails through them. Mm-hmm. And it's like his hands look like this. So my hands can look like this. And it's like a person holding a bunch of plastic eggs. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, that makes yeah, yeah. that's like literally how I feel. I'm like, I genuinely do not understand what the deal with right. the chocolate yeah. and the plastic eggs and like. So in a lot of like in paganism, I get the right. eggs and right, the right. bunny because we always celebrated like fertility and it's spring and blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, that all makes sense. Right. But I'm like, if this is about like Jesus coming back after being dead, what the fuck do eggs have to do with your religion? Right. No, that shit confuses Nothing. me. Well, all Christian um, holidays in the United States are kind of interwoven with the pagan. So, like, the Christmas tree is a pagan thing. You know what I mean? And the Easter eggs and the rabbits, the bunny rabbits and all that's a symbol of fertility spring. And the pagan holiday is called Ostara, like Easter. So, there's a lot of, you know, correlations between that because ancient religions had always celebrated these things prior to the advent of Christianity. And so, a lot of the, um, you know, there's a lot of blending there. Like, when the Christians went out to spread their religion across the world, whatever pagan or pre-christian religion they celebrated a lot of times they tried to incorporate that so that you know christian the people that weren't familiar with christianity wouldn't be completely against it it's like <clears throat> if you go out to the krishna palace i don't know if it's still there or not but i mean the, the krishna palace is still there but i don't know if they still have these statues of like jesus and krishna together they definitely still have the big tall lady statues but i don't know about but there's a, there was a book there when i toured there years ago that said like jesus and krishna and, and it's like they try to make it not so unfamiliar. You know what I mean? They combine them. And like Santeria is like a strange mix of like, I think, voodoo and some different um, and Catholicism. So it's really like anywhere Christianity went, it had to develop the flavor of that particular pagan religion. So, yeah, we got it all here. We got the, the Christian and the pagan side by side every holiday. Wild. Yeah. Um, so, so much has happened in the last two weeks. Um, I wrote an article for op-ed, if you guys want to go over and check it out, about the George Floyd, um, actually the Derek Chauvin murder trial of George Floyd, because I've been kind of watching as much of it as possible, um, to see if kind of the news was reporting it accurately. And, um, I don't know what Fox is reporting, um, but... I mean, CNN's hitting the high points. They've had some experts on, and they seem pretty on key. So if you've been getting your summaries from CNN, I'd say it's pretty a pretty safe, uh, pretty safe thing because I've watched most of it, and they are hitting like the high points. The prosecution case is has been devastating, absolutely devastating. Um, and they're supposed to wrap up this week and start with the with the uh, defense side. The craziest um, part somebody pointed out the other day is that they're, they're like, I can't believe we're having a uh, ongoing multi-week trial for a murder that we all watched. And I was like, right, right isn't this wild? I mean, I understand mm-hmm. like everyone is entitled to, right. you know, a defense and a trial, but um, pretty fucking nuts. So I, I had to got to watch myself talking about this kind of shit at work. Uh, but someone, you know, was kind of trying to see it from the other side, which I don't agree with. And uh, I was like, you know what? I have a pretty easy solution. Probably save a lot of time and money. Is why don't we just let somebody put their knee in Eric Cha- Derek Chauvin's neck? Mm-hmm. You know, for what was it, twelve minutes? Well, I think it was like nine and a half minutes. So nine and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. And if he lives, then uh, he can go. Because I'm pretty sure he fucking won't. So <laughs> yeah. Um. 
So the article I wrote at op-ed, basically, like, whether you believe that, you know, what the facts of the case are, um, basically it attacks the logic of the defense attorney because by the time he gets done arguing that, the ignorant spectators who aren't police, who don't know what they're witnessing um, because they're not police officers, they have no right to judge. Even though morally and ethically as human beings, they knew what they were seeing was a person being killed, we're supposed to not blame use their, their perspective to blame Derek Chauvin because they're not police, so they don't know what he has to do on a daily basis. And then they had like nine police pe- police experts. Now, these aren't hired experts. These are actually the police chief for the Metropolitan, uh, the police department, the Minneapolis Police Department. You had the longest serving veteran of the Minneapolis Police Department, like multiple people in the police department, people that um, teach classes on use of force that... Um, all said that this was excessive. And, um, you know, we're not supposed to listen to them, according to the defense attorney, because, you know, they weren't there. And, you know, then you've got the medical experts who talk about it, and we're not supposed to listen to them because they're not, I mean, basically by the time he gets done telling us why no one else's perspective matters except Derek Chauvin's, is this what we're really supposed to come down to? The conclusion that the only person who can judge whether murdering another human being is murder is the murderer? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a completely ridiculous, but he has nothing else to really build a case on. So you can go over there and check that article out if you want. All um, I'm going to say about that is, you know, because I'm sure when this all concludes that we'll do a, a whole episode on it. I just, I mean, I I understand the logic. Defense attorneys are going to, I mean, I, I feel like people are getting distracted by like, how could they even, and I'm like, okay, well, listen, it, it's just what defense attorneys do somebody's got to do it. You know what I mean? It just right. is what it is. They might not even think that, but it's their job to put together the best logical defense they think they can they can push. You know, that's just what it is. But um, regardless of what the defense brings up, I just don't know how they're going to tackle that, how he continued to kneel on him after the dude was unconscious. Right. There was oh, a specific... George Floyd was unconscious, yeah. I shouldn't say. There but, was a um, specific point where... <clears throat> I mean, how do you defend not rendering aid? Right, and there was a specific point where during the um, process, I think it was like three minutes before the end, so around six minutes, where he had this twitch, and I forget what the lady called it, but she was a forensic pathologist who testified, and she said that that twitch means that his brain literally had no oxygen. Not just that his lungs weren't moving anymore, that his pulse, but his brain had no oxygen. And for three minutes longer, um, you know, Chauvin was still on his neck. So. When the EMS people came up, they had to ask Chauvin to get his knee out of the way so they could take wood in the ambulance. He still wasn't getting off his neck. I mean, I think that's clearly a sign of a depraved mind. You know, if somebody doesn't respond, like that's just not, it's just not, I don't know. It's like not even human to react that way to another human being. Well, that's what I love too the most about, you know, the people that the defense are calling is that, you know, they keep trying to pick apart this and that, which is, I mean, what they're supposed to do. But they're just like, I don't know, have you ever had to watch someone be murdered? Right. Like, they, you know, you're trying to make us look irrational for the uh, emotional responses we have. But unlike your client, we're not sociopaths. And it's right. hard to watch someone get fucking murdered. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's exactly, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're they're putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably at the aggravation of the judge. But And I think that this case is is really showing America how traumatized all of the witnesses are. Dude, that kid, man, he's the one I feel the worst for, I think, you know, out of out of the witnesses that they've called. 
because that 18 year old kid is going to have to live the rest of his life knowing that if he did just if he wouldn't have said anything right you know what i mean which obviously it's not his fault he was just doing his job if he received if he he thought he received a fake 20 he should have been able to go to his boss and it should have been dealt with and even Mm -hmm. if the police had to be called none of this should have happened so obviously the fault (coughs) is not on him but just just after listening to him i'm just like i get it i mean it doesn't matter how much logic points to not being his fault he's still going to feel that way right so i feel really awful for him and you know when we talked about this on our and we did an episode just on uh, the militarization of the police and um you know i talked about how like we need to break down this whole process and realize where 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 there's so many so many cases could be avoided if this this or this wasn't done and these police responding on bullshit calls like eric garner selling loose cigarettes and you know a 20 dollar bill complaint um if, if they just weren't even called and, you know, they say, well, if you see something, say something. No, we're not going to say anything anymore. If it's some bullshit thing we do, we're just going to let it go because we don't see somebody get killed over $20. No, we're not going to call the police unless it's someone's literally being killed. And maybe maybe you'll show up and you won't kill somebody. You'll stop the killing. But I mean, and that's not a slam on all police. I'm just saying, like, the possibility that a minor situation could spiral into a human being's death should, is going to make people think twice before they involve the police in some shit. You know, um, I worked at the casino for 13 years and we had counterfeit bills all the time. And if we, even if we did know who passed it off, we would just go up to the person, ID them, um, you know, tell them that the bill was bad and that they wouldn't be getting their change or whatever. Um, but we didn't have no idea whether that, that person had anything to do with that bill being created. They probably had it passed on to them by somebody. And even if they did create it, it's not an offense punishable by death. So No, and, <laughs> and what we do in those cases was we would collect the bill and the person's information. We would fill out a report and the Secret Service would get that. Wheeling Police decided they didn't even really want to come over and pick up the bills anymore. They're like, you can just mail it right to the Secret Service. They investigate this stuff. And we're like, great, cool. So we at some point, we stopped even bothering them with it. So... I think maybe that needs to be a federal thing. Like just the police, local police don't even need to be involved in that shit. Because even if, even if, like I said, you, you suspect the person who passed it was the person who, you know, created it. You're not going to investigate that at the local police level. So anyway, but, um, okay. So we got our news here for you. Uh, for local news, it's been a pretty quiet week around here. Uh, On Easter Sunday, we did have a reported jumper from the bridge. um, Which wouldn't be unusual. Which which wouldn't be unusual. Like, I feel like our local news segment has lately been like, bridge jumper. "Ah, There's another body in the river. But but this one was actually a false report. I felt really bad because the police all rushed out there. They got the boat in the water and everything. And there was a backpack hanging off the bridge. Almost like somebody jumped and the backpack caught on the bridge. That's what it sounded like. And there was a bike on the bridge. And anyways, they did all this investigating and it was, it was, it was BS. It was bogus. So I'm glad, you know, that obviously nobody died, but what a shit thing to do. You know what I mean? To have the police out there like wasting their resources and their time on Easter Sunday. You know, they got families too. So anyway, um, there was that. And then, um, for state news, our West Virginia Legislature was trying to get this bill through about, um, well, I guess was the governor instigated it, um, that he wanted to do away with the uh, income tax and then increase the sales tax or some shit. 
And I guess it got voted down, like, pretty uh, bluntly in the West Virginia legislature. So, um, he decided to um, give tax breaks to gun manufacturers and eliminate the sales tax on guns. That's a new thing oh, now. Gun purchases, yes. Gun purchases. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. So I was just reading, too. It says, uh, Senate adopts resolution that could lead to personal property tax changes. This was just yesterday. Um, they're trying to lower pro- personal property taxes paid by businesses. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily going to affect the average, average everyday Joe. Always ne- never seems to, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I but mean, West Virginia has been like a sucking hole that. for a long time. I mean, like younger people who want to become educated and have good paying jobs, like move out of the state, they don't usually come back. So we've kind of been shrinking in our population as time goes on. And, you know, we've got like a couple like staple industries here, but, <clears throat> you know, no one's looking to move into West Virginia. <laughs> to start a business because it's all po folks around here <laughs> and you know i was thinking about the um the the uh, boycott on georgia because of the because of the voting laws how they're trying to change the voting laws down there so major league baseball i guess decided not to have their <clears throat> their games there and whatever and uh i was like you know let me think about this for a second so it's gonna hurt the people in georgia who are democrats who tried who basically flipped the state blue you know, so that's bad because you're hurting like people who are on your side too, if you boycott the state. But, um, dude, I don't know. Like, I just keep thinking, like, how are we ever gonna like destroy this whole like Confederacy idea? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we? How do you break that shit up? Because it seems to be regional still to this day. Like regional. I don't know. I don't know how you break that shit up. I mean, maybe I if all the if people in Georgia had to the... leave to get good paying jobs, like. In places where there was, I don't know, like education and stuff. Maybe I think that there should be some type of federal program that uh, offers funding to people, not just to go to college, but to relocate out of the state that they're in if they don't want to be there. Um, I think that would provide a lot of opportunities. And I think a lot of people would flee states like this. I know a ton of people that I went to school with and the majority of the ones who went on and got degrees moved out of West Virginia because right. that's what I'm saying. pay anything. So if you wanted to break up the Southern, <clears throat> you know, this generational thing of like racism, that seems to be like, I don't want to say it's the people, all the people of Georgia, because it's obviously not. They turned blue this time. But there's like that seed of just the old South. Like, I don't know how you can get rid of that. How you can bring that group of people well, first of all, I into think, uh, modern like the modern world i think the federal government needs to start mandating um you know what what's taught in schools educational things i don't think that should be up to like local school boards and shit i think the federal government should be like all right these books are approved and these ones aren't you know what i mean like yeah this shit needs to be updated here's the funding for it this needs to be taught this is a b and c of things that have to absolutely be taught Mm -hmm. and if you can't pass a test on them you can't graduate yeah like, our education system has got to get its shit together. Yeah, it's so weird that we have, like, a federal department of education, but we let, like, local county school boards decide what the textbooks are, even if they're complete crap and they don't even tell the truth. Some of the, you know, teachers that I've had through the public school system should, they just have no business being teachers for lots of reasons. Um, I mean, whether that's the fact that they're not teaching shit or they're lazy or um, they treat people like, you know, they treat kids like they're not human. Or all the way up to the high school level where, you know, I was just discussing with someone the other day the disgusting level of uh, 
unfit teachers we had at John Marshall just in the time that I was there. And um, there's been like just in the span of like six or seven years when I around the time that I was in school there, there was like two or three teachers that were brought up charges on for being pedophiles. That's crazy. I mean, just in Marshall County, just just at that one high school. So I'm like, you know, uh, maybe we need to be doing a little bit more for the to do the you know backgrounds background on, checks but we don't want to do that because then you know the people who do jump through the hoops to prove that they are you know should be around our children and are capable of teaching them don't want to do it for fucking you know poverty wages yeah. i shouldn't say poverty but least paid in the country right. so oh speaking of teachers too that shouldn't be teachers um i don't know if you heard about this or not but there was a teacher who went on this like racist rant while she was on a zoom call oh nice so look, she was on the call with his mom, and the mom is a, a black lady, about her son. She thinks that she ended the Zoom call, but she didn't. Oh, that's like my biggest fear. And that's so, like my biggest fear. They used to do the, um, actually, I think they still do them. I just don't go to them anymore. Like the uh, AA or whatever, they were doing them all via Zoom. Yeah. And I like went to a couple of them, and I'm like <laughs> sitting there like, oh, God. Like every time the dog barks, I'm like, oh, my God, is this muted? Like I'm like so embarrassed. Yeah. So, um. She thing. went on this rant for over 30 minutes to her husband. And the mom was like, realized that she didn't know she disconnected. So she starts recording. Oh, it. no. Oh, yeah. And well, you can good, hear, you, you go to YouTube or somewhere and you can look at it. But honestly, it's like so. She's like going on about how the mom, um, she busted the mom out because the mom told the school that she never called her back and she'd been trying to call her back. And she said she finally picked up the phone and said, oh, Emily or something in some name. And she said, and I said, no, this isn't Emily. So she goes, that's the only reason she picked up the phone call because she didn't know it was for me. She's been avoiding me, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, but, you know, um, she's going to make excuses. Her son makes excuses and he lies. She goes, because you know what? That's what black people teach their kids to do. I know. And the mom was like, oh, my God, I knew it. I knew it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like. Every white person's fear is that a black person's going to think that we all like hang up the phone and say racist shit, which is not fucking true. Yeah, but I get, I get why. Like, I know, I, but so many people that are of different, you know, backgrounds, <laughs> like minorities, are like, oh yeah, white people definitely talk about you behind your back. And I'm like, do they? Like, I mean, I guess yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, I can see that. But um, shit, yeah, I totally get why they they assume that because apparently the most people do. Yeah. It's fucked up. So, I mean, that teacher, obviously, that's going to be viral. What She's going to be that? on blast. Um, this was California school district. Oh, man. That's crazy. Confirmed the teacher has resigned. Oh, she's fucking done. Resigned. She's fucking done. She'll probably get hired by one of Betsy DeVos's, like, private Christian schools. <laughs> yep. Can see that. Okay. So, that was, let's see, that's our local news, state news. Okay. Federal news. Um... So I'll go to old school, old stuff first. Um, this was like two weeks ago, but since we missed a week, Google and Facebook and YouTube had a hearing on Capitol Hill over um, what they're going to do to control like false information on their website, websites. And um, it was brutal, man. If you, if you want to see. Oh, some, I want to watch it so bad. It was, I couldn't believe it. Like I was sitting there like, Damn. These politicians are beaten. Now, I've watched other congressional hearings where Zuckerberg was there testifying. And, you know, it was like tense, but it was like they were being respectful. They literally beat the shit out of Mark Zuckerberg 
and Dorsey and the other guy, I forget his name, um, they beat the crap out of them. And you know why? Because they watched Social Dilemma. Dude, yeah. What they, a good film. They had a whole new perspective. What a on the good whole documentary. Deal. Which just comes back to my point that documentary makers are maybe the most important and influential people in all of like media that we consume. Because it's like, damn, nothing will change people's mind like a documentary. You know what oh, I'm man. saying? Yeah, so um Investigative journalism. Sun- Sundar Pikai. I what, guess he, 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 he is the he's the alphabet CEO and I think in charge of YouTube. But um, the, the, if you it, you have to watch it because Mark Zuckerberg could not answer a yes or no question. And it got so annoying that they literally were calling him out about it, saying, can you not answer a yes or no question? What is th- it's a yes or no question. And they would ask him again, and he would say, so, Senator, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, that's a non-answer, and we're not going to move on. Like, they were just fucking blunt about it, because they're like, we're not listening, we're not here to listen to your bullshit, okay, Zuck? We're not here to listen to your nonsense and your PR and your crap. We're done with that. And they specifically brought up the fact that in all these other hearings, these social media companies were like, well, we're just innocent bystanders to provide a platform, and it's very difficult to police these people, because we're just on the sidelines trying to, you know, monitor blah, 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 blah. And these Congress people were like, no, you're not innocent bystanders. You're not bystanders at all because your algorithms are causing people to look at certain things. You're taking people down rabbit holes. You're taking people to extremist content because that's what drives people to your, to your website. You're making profit off of destroying human lives. And it was like, wow, someone's finally calling these fucking guys out on this shit. That it's not just magically happening, that they're behind it. So I thought it was, I thought it was Well, great. they're far better prepared than one of the first times that they had Mark Zuckerberg in court. And uh, the idiot politicians that were questioning them, like, didn't understand that Google and Facebook were not the same thing. And, like, a whole bunch of other shit. And I was just sitting there like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is what we got to yeah. hopefully <laughs> provide some kind of regulation here. Like, no, we're fucking doomed. And, you know, the fact that they have, the fact that these politicians have Twitter and, and Facebook is good because people like me and you can send them links to Social Dilemma, which I did. When I saw that video or that documentary, it blew my fucking mind. And I was copying and pasting it to literally everywhere because I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell other people this is how we're being mindfucked by social media. And the only way to stop it is to be cognizant of it, right? And I sent that, I copied and pasted that to like tons of politicians. So I'm not saying like I caused them, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I'm you sure. And probably a lot of other people, yeah, which is what matters. You I'm know? probably sure like after the 20th person that sent them a thing for Social Dilemma, like they took time of the day and were like, maybe I should watch this documentary. But anyways, it's good to see our Congress people have evolved and they're seriously drilling down into this shit because it needs to be drilled into. And a lot of them were just like, yeah, well, we've given you guys enough time to opportunity to try to mitigate this shit yourselves and you haven't done it. So we're going to regulate you now. So there's that. Okay. Um, so if you get a chance, watch that. Uh, federal news, Biden, Biden did an executive action on guns this week. And um, I'm not a fan of executive action. I wasn't a fan when Obama did it. Not a fan when Trump did it. Um, I think it's bullshit because when you make executive actions, um, you know, that's not really how the process is supposed to work. We're supposed to vote in people that make laws 
And then if the laws are unconstitutional, they get challenged and the Supreme Court decides. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole balance, checks and balance. And people making executive orders like we don't have a monarchy. So to me, that's bullshit. You know, speaking of monarchy, Prince Philip died. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, yeah. That could be our international news. Prince Philip died, which isn't. That's another story. But um, so the executive order was kind of bunk. Um, It basically said, you know. He wants stricter, like, illegal penalties for ghost guns, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a gun that somebody manufactures at home. A lot of them are being made with um, printers, 3D printers. People are making these guns that don't have any serial numbers. But, I mean, I just want people who are anti-gun to stop and think about this for a second. You're basically making, trying to make a law that says that you can't make something. I mean, <clears throat> first of all, yeah. how the fuck are you going to regulate that? I mean, so just, so I'm I go to Lowe's and I buy some gas pipe and a couple ball bearings, and someone's like, "She's knock, making a yeah, fucking gun." Come in knock her on house. your door, like, hey. I mean, it's so dumb. Meanwhile, the laws that we do have on the books that would have allowed the police to get a search warrant to go search the guy's RV that was building a fucking bomb that blew up ten blocks, they didn't do shit about that. To the fucking shit blew up, they were notified about. It. His girlfriend told them he was building that bomb, and they didn't. The police did nothing about it. Yeah, America's not interested in doing anything but passing more laws. They don't want to, like, really try to fix anything. They don't examine it on a level to be like, hey, wait a minute. Let's Where actually this think go about wrong? this. Yeah, no, they don't do that. We don't do that. And, you know, I just have to say, I hate Trump with every fiber of my being. And everybody that listens to the show and everybody knows me knows that. Can't stand him. But. But. But, you know, when, the sh- when shootings happened when he was president, because he didn't want to piss off his pro-gun people, what did he say? We need better mental health services. Of course he didn't. He, of course he didn't. I was do, like, damn. He didn't do shit for when, mental health. When he said that, I was like, God damn, if Trump ends up being the one <laughs> to get some kind of universal health care, I will piss my pants yeah, at that the wasn't public gonna square. Happen. That wasn't going to happen. Well, I thought, hey, if it get, it, he was all about doing crazy shit, right? Yeah. And that was my logic. It's like, hey, maybe he'll do it just because he really doesn't care yeah. if he pisses off and it'll make you know gun people happy because he looks like he's doing something and he's not touching the guns like mm-hmm. i was like damn yeah but you can see what happened nothing nothing yeah but i will say though that i have not heard a single democrat including joe biden say a fucking thing about mental health in this country no nothing it's all about guns now guns 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 you know typical with a democratic president so yeah i mean Two-thirds of the gun-related deaths in this country are from suicide. Yeah, I love when uh, people on the left quote gun violence statistics and they fail to mention that the largest portion of those is suicides. Because I'm like, yeah, you guys, you know, especially people who championed Biden, you know, like those people who were pissed off that I was like, nah, I'm still going to vote for Bernie. And, you know, they bring up things like that. I guess you don't care about all those kids getting shot in schools. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, if you want to take your own statistic then uh, maybe you should be voting for the guy that's for Medicare for all, not uh, right. not the guy that's totally <laughs> against it. Because, like, I mean, clearly, if, if that many of them is suicides, and, I mean, we don't know that every school shooter has some kind of mental illness, but it's like, no, clearly <clears throat> regulating the guns has not gotten us anywhere over no, the past but I am for No, but I am for very stringent background checks. And, you know, people that don't secure their firearms, so the other people who are not to get a hold of them, the whole, th- the whole system is circumvented. As background checks, if somebody who has a gun doesn't secure it. So if you don't secure your firearm and a kid accidentally kills themselves with it, you should go to prison because you're an idiot. You can be be sued in civil court for it. We actually handled a case that was like that where um, 
someone took a gun that didn't belong to them from a household and the household that owned the gun was sued in civil court because they were like, you should have had it locked up. Right. But they didn't face any criminal charges for it. I mean, but this whole thing about suing gun manufacturers is such bullshit. I mean, I've been arguing with people on Twitter all week about it. And it's just the debate has been framed and now everybody thinks they know what side they're on and no one's thinking anymore. No one's engaging their brain to think of real solutions of what's really going to work. So, I mean, good luck with that. If you think you're going to pass a law that says you're going to control what people can make inside their basement. I mean, that's just a dumb, it's okay to make that law, but to think that that law is going to have any impact whatsoever on anything is, is ridiculous. Please tell me if I'm wrong. But I went to an EMS call with a guy who was trying to use a piece of pipe and he wanted to use this piece of pipe, but there was something jammed in one end of it. So he put some kind of explosive in the other end. And when he hit it to eject the projectile, yeah, it ejected all right, like right through his foot. So he shot himself with a piece of pipe. Wow. That's in a very crude sense, a firearm that was created by accident. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to create something that's deadly. Look at pressure cooker bombs. Like people, like you can find the instructions for that online. All I'm saying is that with all the intelligence that we have spying on us constantly, things like what happened in Nashville with that guy when they were tipped off about him creating explosive shit, that shit, that shit should never happen. And it did happen. So there's a lot more failures in this system than just pointing about guns. I mean, and the fact that they keep calling it gun violence is so annoying. Did they call the guy who ran over the Capitol Police officer car violence? When someone gets stabbed, do they call it knife violence? It's just, it's just rhetoric to try and distract from the fact that a human being killed a bunch of people because that's what happened. A human being used a device to kill a bunch of people. I don't understand. Maybe, I mean, maybe there is already something like this that I'm just not aware of. But, you know, I got really into that TV show Mindhunter, which was based on, like, the true story of how the FBI started making profiles of serial killers Mm -hmm. and how they, like, went around and interviewed all these different serial killers um, and started building profiles of, like, okay, this is what we can look for because all of these things are in common with these people. Um, And I don't know why we're not doing that with mass shooters. Or, you know, anybody that does a terrorist, att- a domestic terrorist attack. I mean, we seem to have zero problem when there's any kind of, uh, you know, if the person has a skin pigment that's not a fucking Casper the Ghost. You mean creating a profile of people? Right, yeah. Mass- they do have a profile for mass shooters. In fact, um, be- but I mean, specifically, these ones that we see, like, what the fuck was the deal with the, the dude who shot up the movie theater, the-, the Dark Knight or whatever? They talked about how intelligent this guy was and this and that. And then you compare him to like one of these kids that shoots up a school mm-hmm. and it's like clearly those two people they don't they don't have anything in common well, i mean so what's what's the thing what is it well a lot of times you know they found that these people who are like say for example the dc sniper you know they had his profile down very accurately except he was black um he was a he they suspected he was a military person right but you could you know guess what I'm that just by the accuracy um, I mean, psychologically, right. what is the deal here? Because I feel like so often in the media, they just, every time something like this happens, they say mental illness. And I'm like, you guys can't even decide what mental illness it is. Like, right. what, what information do we have here, legitimately? And if we don't have it, then why, why don't we? That's a good point. Maybe that'll be our homework for next episode is to come up with a profile of 
I mean, I know they have these basic things, but like even the D, I don't know. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't consider the DC sniper anywhere near like what Sandy Hook was. Like they're just, they might, might both be mass shootings, but they're completely different types of mass shootings. So like, I can see how you could profile the DC sniper. No mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. But like these people that do like the random school shooters, even this guy in Nashville, like what's the story with him? Why don't we get any more on that? Why are, we, why are well, they not telling us what the profile for him was? Then? That's like, one of those stories. And that was the next thing I was going to talk about. And I'm glad we started talking about him because I, I left him off the list. But the media black hole of news stories, news stories that come out and then it's like they disappear into like nothing. The abyss of, I don't know what happens to them. Like, so yeah, whatever happened with that guy? We never heard any more information about it. As far as I know, we haven't ever been told what explosive he used. You know, are we passing any regulations in regards to what the the uh, chemicals that he used to create this explosive device? Are we passing any laws? Like I know after uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, there were laws passed about the accumulation of this fertilizer that he used. Like you could only buy so much at a certain time and they had to make sure, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like the Sudafed thing. Like we know this is one of the elements that leads to, so let's start trying to regulate that. But we've heard nothing about that. Nothing about it. It's like just vanished into thin air. Yeah. I feel like there's quite a few stories like that, which is what I'm saying. I mean, if, if they do have a specific profile for these incidences, um, Mm -hmm. then why aren't we hearing about them? And here's three just from the Capitol Hill rides that I wrote down. Remember when I talked about certain members of Congress doing reconnaissance tours with some of these um, extremists bef- before in the days leading up to, right? What the fuck happened with that story? Yeah, no, no coverage on that. I haven't been able to find anything on that. I was actually just reading about that because I follow this page on Instagram called Homegrown Terrorists mm-hmm. um, that's covering all of these homegrown terrorists that attacked the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said there was over 400 arrests up to this point. So I was right. like, good. Good, but uh, yeah, couldn't find anything right. on any action being taken about the people who set well, the shit up. But yeah, but the thing is, was that even true? Because there was a, a specific congresswoman who went on CNN, I can't remember her name, but she said that she witnessed another member of Congress walking through the Capitol, giving a tour, which was restricted then because of coronavirus, giving a tour to some people, and she believed that it was related to the insurrection. So if that's true, there should have been video of that person walking that other person around. And that should have been a a point of inquiry. And I've not heard shit about it. Okay. The other thing was, remember the panic button that was supposedly removed from, was it Ariana Presley's office? I'm not familiar. I'm not sure. Um, One of the congresswomen uh, said that she went into her office and the panic button in the wall was removed. Wow. Then where did that story go? And, you know, I would have took a picture of that with my cell phone. Like, after the smoke cleared, I mean, in the moment, I understand she didn't. But, like, wouldn't you have taken a picture of that to be like, what the fuck is this about? Or, like, like, why is she letting it go? (laughs) Right. Like, I don't understand. I mean, I'd be asking, I'd be getting on the TV every single day asking, like, well, what, what about this? Every fucking day till I had an answer. It was like there was all this stuff in the heat of the insurrection that came out. And I was like, that right there is going to be important. That right there is going to be. And like all the stuff that could have been important just disappeared into nothingness. The other thing was in the hearings that followed um, where they went into some detail about like who knew what, when and why the Capitol Hill police didn't get any help for like five hours or whatever. So I listened to all those hearings and 
one of the most stunning revelations that came out about that was the National Guard was sitting there ready to go in and help, and they were told no. Right. Guess who told them no? Oh, we we did cover this, didn't we? Uh, it was uh, Flynn's brother, Mike wasn't it? Flynn, the whack job Trumpo guy that leads the Q Army. His fucking brother is in the military and was one of the people that was not in charge of the decision, but was on the phone when the decision was made to hold the people back. And I'm like, that's not a fucking problem for anybody else. That the guy who, in my opinion, is basically led the fucking insurrection against our country, his brother's in the military and was part of the decision, and the army lied about it and then came out and told the truth. So that's fishy right there. That's nothing's, nothing's been said about that either. And I'm like, so are we going to let all this shit go? Like, that's just crazy to me. So, um, and I only have one update on our um, cases as far as, like, police abuse. Ahmed Aubrey, who you may recall, was the gentleman who was <clears throat> uh, attacked by three racists in Georgia and who supposedly hunted him down because they thought he may have been the person who trespassed on a piece of property. And um, hit him with a car and then started to fight with him and then shot him to death. Um, he, they've changed the laws in Georgia now to severely restrict the citizens' arrest, which is what these morons claim that they were doing. So that's a good move. Um, and there were also some jailhouse conversations that happened between these defendants and some other people that indicated they might not have been sorry about what they did. And um, now their lawyer's trying to suppress that, of course. So that's the only update I have on that one. So on to our main topic of the day. Which is healthcare, right? Healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare. It's my favorite topic. I always tell people, anytime I talk about politics, that the main thing at this point in my life, and I feel like for the past several years, it might not, might not have been how I started, but I think uh, increasingly became more important is healthcare. Um, that is a, that is a number one issue that doesn't matter how many good things you offer. If you're like, Nope, not going to focus on healthcare. It's just, I have zero faith in in my vote for you. So that's, that's a number one issue for me. I think if, I think, uh, that's my goal. I try to educate people more and more. Cause I'm like, you know what? Fuck the rest of anything else you can vote on. This is my main issue. So not saying it's the only important issue, but this <clears throat> is the one I'm going to stick to. Right. So, um, first of all, we'll just start off with, um, and we're not going to do a huge amount of statistics because we've all heard these statistics over and over, but this is just telling that uh, for healthcare, generally your life expectancy, you would think in the country would be kind of an indicator of how good your health is and how your healthcare system is. So, um, I found this list on world meter which does all kind of different statistics tracking. And these are countries ranked by life expectancy, starting with number one, Hong Kong with a life expectancy of 85.29 years. That's the highest in the world. Average life expectancy, both sexes. Okay. Then you got Japan, Macau, Switzerland, Singapore, Italy, Spain, Australia, Channel Islands, Iceland, South Korea, Israel, Sweden, Martinique, France, Malta, Canada, Norway, Ireland, New Zealand, Greece, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Guadalupe, Portugal, Finland, Belgium, Austria, Germany, Slovenia, United Kingdom, Reunion, Cyprus, Denmark, U.S. Virgin Islands, Taiwan, Costa Rica, Guam, Chile, Qatar, Puerto Rico, French Guiana, Maldives, Mayotte, 
Czech Republic, Barbados, Korkow, Poland, Lebanon, Cuba, Estonia, and United States is number 46. 46. Yep. I wasn't going to read all those, but I'm like, no, no, I got to do this. Because some of those, like a lot of people will be like, how do you pronounce that? Like, we don't even know what the country is and they have a higher life expectancy than we do. Okay. That is pathetic. Now, I will say this in defense of that. In, I don't want to say in defense of America, but our statistic, this, this statistic, Americans take horrible care of themselves. True. That is very true. We do have a lot of obese people and smokers and heavy drinkers. and It's like the bipolar nature of America that in spite of our obsession with exercise and exercise equipment, I mean, we have more, it's like the industry is massive, right? We have gyms, like you can't throw a rock without hitting a planet fitness. But yeah, we're so obese. We have horrible diets, and it's not because we can't afford good food. We have access to good food, good healthy food. And we're the most horrible in, in our own way that we take care of our own health. So you can only lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink, right? So we need to work on that. But okay, now, as far as our healthcare system, you know, we are one of the last holdouts. We are the last holdout of industrialized countries without socialized or government-funded uh, health care. Which, let me uh, put this snippet in here while I have it on my phone in okay. case it dies. Um, under Biden, uh, we've had like, I, let me see, let me see what the number exactly was. Um, more than half a million Americans gaining coverage because in the last stimulus bill, they put in a lot of things, a lot of subsidies for uh, plans through healthcare.gov. So if you don't have insurance and you are considering buying insurance, it's a lot cheaper now to do it since the stimulus package has passed than it was previously. I'm going to check what mine is um, because I'm about to lose my health insurance. So I'm going to have to uh, buy through the health plan or the healthcare.gov. And before it was going to be roughly 500 bucks a month just for me. Um, I guess because I, I've had specific mental health care doctors and significantly raised the price to be able to continue seeing them. Right. So that's fun. <clears throat> um, so I'm going to recheck and see what mine is. But yeah, if you if you don't have health insurance and you're interested in it, it would be a good time. The deadlines are have been reopened because of COVID and there are larger subsidies for that. So it gives you like a discount every month. It makes it cheaper. And conversely for that, if you don't have money for health insurance, um, apparently a lot of people still haven't heard of this. They send me cards all the time. There's a website called GoodRx. Mm -hmm. And if you go to a doctor and you pay out of pocket for it and you need prescriptions, which are mostly the most, the most expensive part, um, you can use this website along with like, I know Kroger and Walmart both have their own programs, um, that you can use and it, it greatly, greatly, greatly discounts some of this medication. So if you're one of those people, there's some resources for you. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because GoodRx is the source where I got the um, information on the most expensive drugs. They're an excellent source of information as well as a great program. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't cost anything. GoodRx is completely free. They don't, you can, you can buy a subscription to their website, which gives you like even more cheap prices. And it's like 35 bucks, I think for the gold card. But otherwise, I mean, they send people cards. It's free to use. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, there's no subscription cost, nothing. So absolutely. I would recommend that. Um, so there's a couple different ways of evaluating, you know, healthcare and whether it's good or not. Um, we all know that you, the U.S. we pay 
a higher percentage of our gross national product in our in our income or own personal income towards healthcare than you know any other country like we're just we pay more for prescription drugs like 300 times um 300% what the average cost of a prescription drug is anywhere else in the world and you know there's been all this talk about well why do we pay so much more than everybody else and whatever and i mean basically it's capitalism we allow these drug companies to charge whatever they want for their product in spite of the fact that they get huge subsidies from the government. Right. I was just going to say that. I think if you get subsidies from the government to develop any kind of drug, then there should be an absolute government-controlled price cap on it. Right. Like, you develop this with our money. Right. Fuck you. Right. Exactly. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, has taken the drug companies to task over that specific issue many times. Um, because, you know, you can't turn on TV without five minutes without seeing an ad for a drug on TV. They spend a huge amount of money. Like, they get money for research and development, but nobody knows that 100% of that money goes, I mean, some of it might be going to, to uh, advertising. You know marketing. what I realized? That something might be amiss when I found that some of the people who I know are drug reps make more money than some of the attorneys I know. Oh, sure. And I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, sure. doesn't seem like this should be a market where people are exploiting for mass profits, but, you know, what the fuck do I know? <laughs> right. So, I mean, drug costs are one thing, and just to highlight that, um, the most expensive drug ever is $2.1 million for a dose. And you think, what the hell? Like, what? Who, first of all, who's got $2.1 million for anything? Um, but even if you did, like, what the hell condition? Okay, how about your baby slowly dying of a horrible disease? How about that? Think you could pry $2 million out of somebody if their baby was dying of a horrible disease? Probably. But to me, it's a form of criminal ransom. What um, is the drug used to treat? It is used to treat a condition called SMA. Spinal muscular muscular atrophy, which um, when babies are born, some of them have a genetic uh, problem where they seem normal at first, and then they begin to lose their ability to hold their head up, to crawl. It depends on the level of disease that they have. Like there's different, um, you know, there's different levels of this disease. In the most severe case, they might be born and only be a few weeks before they start exhibiting symptoms. Other babies um, will start to crawl and start to, you know, get to where they're wanting to walk. And then they start experiencing uh, degradation in their motor skills. Um, And that's when they find out that they have it. And the prognosis for it is that most of them don't live past early childhood because the muscle, the the nerves that continue to break down eventually affect their breathing. Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, but how? And the, the so they do have a treatment for this. Yeah, it's a gene therapy that was developed by a company called Novartis. Um, and it says that the uh, federal this is from NPR Federal Food and Drug Administration approved a gene therapy for a rare childhood disorder that is now the most expensive drug in the market. It costs two point one. Two five million per patient, but for those patients lucky enough to get it, it appears that it can save their lives with a one-time treatment. Three-year-old Donovan Wise, 
Wise Garber is one of those patients. When he was born, he seemed perfectly healthy, but within weeks it became clear something was terribly wrong. It was about then, um, he, he was about one month old, and we started to notice some symptoms, said his mother. Donovan started... Well, that's not even far from us. Columbus, Ohio, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not even far from us. Donovan started getting really fussy, stopped squirming, and got weaker and weaker. Donovan has spinal muscular atrophy, a rare disorder caused by a defective gene. The illness destroys the nerves that control the muscles. Babies with the most severe form of the disorder typically don't live past their second birthday. So, I mean, just in uh, conversational fairness, what does it cost to make this drug? Do we know? Um, I mean, I can't imagine if it's, if it's just a drug that it can be. It's a gene therapy. So I'm not really sure how they go about it's an injection. Because um, I think that is important to take into consideration is, you know, what does it cost to make this drug? Like, what is the percentage of markup that is actual profit, I think, is the important part to look at. Um, because, I mean, if we develop a drug and we're like, sorry, it cost us $2 million to make it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have to charge for it. Okay, but then all I'm saying is if the government can give millions upon millions upon millions of billions of dollars to drug companies to develop you know, these medications, then, you know, why don't they just say there's some drugs that are, you know, like if, if my property is sitting right where a major highway goes through and it's going to benefit the entire community for that highway to go through there, my house is there, the government can declare eminent domain and take my fucking house for the betterment of the community or oh, they whatever. should absolutely do that with drugs. But I mean, like I said, we'd have to know how much it costs to make that specific thing. Because if, if it's only so expensive because they're like, we have it patented and you can't have it. Pretty much. I mean, I know that happens with a lot of drugs, but that one specifically, I don't know. Just something to consider. Yeah. But so, yeah, most of the time, just like uh, even in our own state, uh, Manchin's daughter is like the CEO of one of the EpiPen companies. I think it is the brand name EpiPen. Uh-huh. And uh, CVS and stuff started rolling out some other EpiPens that were not brand name for far, far, far cheaper because they, she, her company just like took the, and just completely increased the price of them. Uh-huh. I forget what percentage it was, but it was astronomical, the, the upcharge that they put uh-huh. on it. And um, thankfully, some of these other companies stepped in and were just like, well, we'll just make a knockoff brand. <laughs> And they did. Right. So what but the how EpiPen. How the fuck is that legal? Did you can charge us that much for an Epi, right. a life-saving EpiPen? And EpiPens are not a rare right. thing. Tons of people need them. Right. So what, they, what the EpiPen is is an auto-injector. It takes a, a measured dose of um, you know, epinephrine and, and, and you punch it to your, to your thigh and it injects that dose into your leg. Okay. The actual medicine, you can get in a vial for like 10 bucks. Yeah. It's just they. It was they the technology the, uh, of the auto injector right. that was what was patented that was causing them to cost that much, and you know we teach, unfortunately, have to teach children with type one diabetes to inject themselves with insulin, and you know nobody wants to think that it's going to come down to whether their kid's going to die because they don't have they can't inject themselves with you know epinephrine if they're if they have an allergic reaction. But like on the ambulance, we started having to train to do actual injections of epinephrine as opposed to using the auto injector because the ambulance didn't want to pay that much to have one. 
on board. Right. And I mean, it would be different, but I think the whole point of having the EpiPens is you can carry them anywhere. And if you are having an attack, right. I mean, you might not be able to steadily draw it up. Yourself, right. You know, yes. no, that's true. That's true. Like if something sudden happens and you start gasping for breath, are you going to have the wherewithal to like draw that medicine up? You're exactly right. I mean, that should absolutely be illegal. So to charge that much for them. And there's a list on GoodRx of like the top 10, although I don't know how they missed that one because it should have been at the top. But they have a list of 10 different drugs here. One of them is for, I, you've probably seen this, um, uh, I don't know how old he actually is, but he has um, progeria, which is where you, it's, an, it's a genetic disease that causes premature aging. Hmm. So the, the person looks extremely old, like an old man, but he's not very, that, very old. He's like 10, but he looks like he's, you know, a 90-year-old oh, yeah, man. I think I've seen this. So that's number one on GoodRx's. Um, it's called Zokivni, and it's $86,040. Um, says newest drug to top the most expensive list is an orphan drug. Now, if you don't know what an orphan drug is, that's a drug that they, they say is expensive to produce because not that many people need it. So, right. they, so they have to make it for a very small population. So to I've get their money this. back on it, they have to spend... I mean, come on. I've we read can't about figure this out some with, kind uh, of pricing scale where it's not $86,000 for someone to not die. I've I mean, read about this with narcolepsy drugs, too, because my brother has narcolepsy. And, I, you know, the medication, the treatment that they give him now, it, it's not good for him by any means. And I'm like, well, why don't they specifically, why aren't they specifically trying to find drugs to treat actual narcolepsy, not just giving you other drugs that the side effects seem to help your, your issue? Right, treat the symptoms. And unfortunately, most of the drugs that they've looked into to help that actually treat the narcolepsy are, are orphan drugs. That mm -hmm. They just, they're like, nope, not enough money in this. Not enough people have right. this. And I'm like, wow, to think that we have the knowledge and ability to keep working on and, and potentially create a drug that helps people like my brother, and we just don't because this doesn't make any money, so fuck them. Like, right. <clears throat> now, it says on that, Zolkivni, although the dosage depends on body surface area, patients typically take around 200 milligrams of Zolkivni a day, and it's $717 per 50 milligram capsule. That adds up to 86040 a month per month. Um, then other drugs are Myelept, $74,159. Um, and that is for a condition called leptin deficiency. Uh, people have an abnormal distribution of body fat, and I'm not really sure what the, um, you know, medical ramifications of that are. There was also another, um, genetic therapy they were talking about where it cures genetic blindness like blindness that's caused by a gene uh, problem and that was like and it's called uh it says uh Novartis set the price at okay wait a second just for reference to uh in 2020 you get a two-pack of EpiPens brand name EpiPen for roughly $700 without yeah. insurance so literally criminal although at the same time it's like you know they only make them that prices because they know insurance companies have to pay out for some of this so you know it all comes back to the private insurance companies being the a mass part of the problem right because if we didn't have insurance companies willing to pay those amounts then the drug right. companies would just have to lower their prices or never sell anything right right um so the other one was for genetic form of blindness it's four hundred and twenty five thousand dollars for each eye so, 
Um, anyways, you can get the full list there at um, GoodRx. These, but you know, if these drugs were a way for our country to make war on somebody, I swear the government would figure out a way to make it and make sure we could afford it. But because it's involving quality of life and improving people's health and happiness, there's not a big motivation. That's just my feeling. Like, honestly, when I look at all the problems in the world, I go, the only reason these problems aren't solved is because we don't want to solve them. Because right. we Absolutely. have the resources, we have the technology and shit. We just, we just prioritize what's a problem we care about taking care of and what ones we don't, you know? So I have a lot of very conservative family members um who are super anti socialism what they think i mean which, what they think what socialism, they think socialism is. is anyway right and you know i always say that with healthcare, there's been all of this propaganda that's developed for decades about what will happen if we don't have the wonderful capitalist healthcare system that we have if we let ourselves succumb to socialism how horrible our healthcare will be and all of this is Completely manufactured and created. Like death panels? Yes. <laughs> by people who are making money off the capitalist system. They spend a lot of their money demonizing government-run or not even government-run, government-funded health care. Um, and that list that I gave you of 46 countries that are above us in life expectancy, <laughs> a lot of, most of them, surprise, have some kind of universal health care. Um, but, you know, they talk about all these, they have all these criticism, like a list of criticisms. And the death panels is one of the greatest examples, I'm glad you brought that out, up of, of hysterical propaganda against um, government-funded health care. That somehow the government, once they're paying for your health care, will be so worried about pinching pennies that they will start to have these death panels where they'll decide who's worth saving and who's not worth saving. You know, like private insurance companies do. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I always say there's a point at which propaganda runs smack up against someone's real life experience and the propaganda falls apart because it's, it's so, so much bullshit. But until you have a real life experience that shows you that propaganda is bullshit, you continue to believe, there's people that continue to believe it. So my mom is one of those people who is still clinging to this concept, her and my dad, that capitalism is the best source of health care. And um, unfortunately, their health has been in decline these last couple of years. And my mom, last Mother's Day, was hospitalized with because she had, was having difficulty breathing. And we still don't know what the initiating factor was. We suspect maybe it was COVID, but, um, but there's no way to know because by the time she had suffered at home for a month and then went to the doctor uh, when she couldn't breathe, um, she tested negative. But whatever caused this precipitous decline in her lung function, um, it was permanent and um, extremely debilitating. So she's been under treatment under a private physician for a year. Um, my mom's been hospitalized a number of times. And until recently, um, we hadn't really had any reason to crawl inside her medical file because my mom's a grown adult. 
and we figure, you know, she's capable of talking to her doctor and deciding what's going on. So initially they told her that she had what was called interstitial lung disease, which is like scarring inside of the lungs that was pretty bad and was not going to get any better. And so over this course of this last year, you know, we accepted the fact that our mom is going to have like these limited abilities. Um, But here recently we found out that my mom has a condition called fibrosis and um, that there's a treatment for fibrosis. And then her physician has, for whatever reason, not put her on any treatment for it. And it's a progressive disease. It gets worse over time. And people that have fibrosis are at a much higher uh, percentage risk for cancer, developing cancer. So in spite of the fact that she's been hospitalized numbers of times um, and treated by various doctors, had multiple tests, they did nothing about this fibrosis that she had. And now it's turned into cancer. So she had a PET scan about two weeks ago and um, that, that, that determined that there's a cancer on top of the fibrosis, which is pretty common. But now it's spread into um, her bones. Pretty significant Pretty spread. significantly into her spine, into her iliac, um, which is like your hip bone. Um, and it's into her glands. And so it's a bad prognosis. And um, although they haven't determined what kind of cancer it is, she's supposed to have a biopsy this week. You know, the fact that we're supposed to be living in a country where we have the most advanced um, medicine, supposedly because of capitalism. And believe me, my mom has three forms of insurance. She's heavily insured, okay? Um, when I take her to the doctor, uh, she, her breathing is so bad, she can't use a portable oxygen concentrator because she can't breathe in hard enough to make it work. So we have to actually keep her on a tank of air. And um, her consumption of oxygen is so much when she's moving about that she goes through like one of those smaller tanks in like about 30 minutes. So when I take her to the doctor's office, we take extra tanks and I get her there, right? And she has an enormous weight in the doctor's office. And, um, you know, one of the things that they talk about (laughs) when they complain about other countries is how long you have to wait to see a doctor. They tell you that, oh, if you, if you accept socialized medicine, you'll be, you'll die before you get in to see a doctor. And actually today I was looking up the wait times as far as how long it takes to get you an initial appointment. And it's just as long in the United States right now as it is in other countries. Yeah. Anytime I've ever had to make a new appointment for a doctor, um, it's several weeks, if not over a month. And uh, scary enough, too, which we'll touch on after uh, you're finished with your story. But when I made my first appointment with a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. I had to wait over a month right. to see them. Yeah. So and we wonder you know, why they're shooting. If you're you know, having a mental health crisis. Good luck. Good Hope you luck. can wait for a month. Yes. <laughs> you can probably got, buy a gun in three days. Oh, absolutely. I could have done that for sure. I could have done that. But, you know, no you problem. can't get mental health. So, um, and we're pro-gun people, you know, but pro-responsible gun people and we think a lot of the problems is is in our healthcare system so anyhow um 
So she goes to these doctor's appointments and I don't know how long you wait. And if anybody out there listening, I know we have uh, listeners in various countries around the world. I'm very curious to know if you can put, shoot us up on, uh, hit us up on um, Twitter or Facebook and let us know, like, how long does it take you when you're waiting in the doctor's office? Say your appointment's at one o'clock in the afternoon and you show up at your doctor's at five till one and you sign in and you sit down. How long do you have to wait before you actually see the doctor? Because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Now, I granted, we live in West Virginia. And when people out there who are already thinking, well, why haven't you switched doctors? My mom sees a pulmonologist who's in the office with another pulmonologist. And I think there's one other pulmonologist in the entire valley. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of doctors around here. Um, and that's no excuse for shoddy care. But, um, you know, she goes to these doctor's appointments. And I remember that when I first started taking her, you know, the pandemic was was ongoing and there wasn't a vaccine out there yet. Okay, so they were telling you like to avoid crowded areas or whatever. So I take her to the doctor's office and literally the waiting room at a pulmonologist who deals with breathing problems, the people who definitely can't afford to fucking get COVID, right? Is packed wall to wall with patients in the same room for an extended period of time. And we had to sit in the hallway because there wasn't even enough room in the waiting room. There was probably six people sitting in the hallway waiting to get into that crowded waiting room. And, um, you know, the one time we got there, there, I think there was like one person in the waiting room with us and it still took 45 minutes for her to even get called back to be seen by the doctor. And then she was back there for another, you know, probably after they take the blood pressure and the initial, the nurse does the initial stuff, sitting back there for another 35 minutes waiting. And it's just, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if they have like three exam rooms, maybe there was three people the doctor had to see before her. But like, seriously, like, why is it, why does it take so long? I mean, to take her to a doctor, to take her to see this doctor is like a three hour ordeal. That's ridiculous. Well, and the fact that when she wanted her results, um, she wanted them to do it via telemed um, because it is so difficult for her to get into the office and trying to make that was a negotiation. And I feel like as, as far as everything that's going on with the pandemic aside, someone that has that much problem just getting in and out of their house because they're in such poor condition, why would any doctor's office argue that right you know i used to think that about mental health care as well because i am you know treated for anxiety but specifically agoraphobia which for people who don't know what that is uh it's panic that that comes on just simply from leaving your house like something in your brain tells you that if you leave this designated safe zone you are in danger right totally illogical there is no amount of explaining that can make it not happen it's just simply your brain is a signal to release adrenaline when you are out of that space and I was shocked that when I started wanting treatment for this, because it had made my life so unbearable I couldn't leave my house, that there, there was no telemed for this. So if you want to be treated for this, you have to come to the office mm-hmm. several times, and we will not treat you via telemed. Um, and since COVID, they do. But now, obviously, uh, after years of being treated for it, I, I don't have a, you know so much of a obstacle of getting to my psychiatric doctors but I just couldn't believe that when I first I'm like are you kidding 
are you kidding me? Like specifically mm-hmm. this. I, 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 that's my whole problem. I can't leave my house. And they're just like, well, that sucks. <laughs> if you yeah. want it fixed, you'll suffer through it and get, show up here, which I mean, after several years of then avoiding that, um, I finally gave in and did it. But just sad, sad. Yeah. Just zero flexibility for patients. Right. So after, um, you know, she suffered through these, these numerous doctor's appointments and whatnot, and she, she, um, and just to further drive home the fact of how bad a shape she's in, when we come back from the doctor's appointment, um, she can't walk up a flight of stairs to get to her house because she can't breathe. Her breathing is that impaired. So we have to call an ambulance and have someone carry her up the steps to get into the house. So we've told the doctor, like, she can't really, you know, just go out willy-nilly for, like, doctor's appointments. But anyway, um, so after she got this PET scan and the devastating news that, you know, she has cancer now spread to several areas, um, she was supposed to get a biopsy, which has been scheduled for this Wednesday. But last week... um, she, they were supposed to schedule her for the biopsy. And um, the doctor's office, you know, didn't call her on Monday. So she called them on Tuesday. They gave her some kind of runaround um, that, that the hospital has to call them and blah, 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 blah. Um, so they didn't, she didn't hear anything back. So my sister um, called them and more or less threatened them that if she didn't get an appointment for, for a biopsy or get a call back from the doctor, that she was going to call an attorney. And so my mom then got a call saying they scheduled her for her biopsy. Now, I mean, this, this is the greatest healthcare system in the world where you have to call and threaten your doctor to even pay attention to you when you're fucking dying. And this isn't an isolated incident either. I can't think of a single person in my life that has had any kind of significant health issue that hasn't had a similar experience and specifically, I remember when my grandfather, uh, several, several years ago, he's now passed away. He was in a accident. Uh, he was hit by a drunk driver. And I mean, it completely destroyed his life for quite a while. Um, he had to have steel rods or uh, metal rods put in his limb, one of his limbs. And the hospital did not sterilize them before they put them in. Mm. So he suffered greatly from that mistake. Um, And it's just like, wow, you think something that important, but no, no, just oversight. And uh, I mean, along with the, I can't even count how many people I know that for years and years and years and years suffered with conditions and could get absolutely no help. And some of them, thankfully, when they switched to uh, hospitals in Pittsburgh, a big city, a bigger city, mm-hmm. managed to find some doctors that would actually help them and find what their problem is. And it's just sad. It's sad that it's like you have to drive almost an hour away just to even find a doctor that will listen to you and, and run tests for you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our area specifically is is god-awful, but we see this all over the country. I mean, we read stories about these types of things all the time. This is not, these aren't isolated incidences. They're not just in the state of West Virginia. Um, it happens all over and Mm -hmm. as time goes on, it only gets worse for people, even people who have health insurance. You know, I know someone who has really great health insurance through their job. That's in a union. It's excellent, excellent health insurance. I've never 
heard of health insurance this good that a company pays for, costs them nothing. And for several years now, I'd say going on three years, has seen doctor after doctor, and basically they go in for a visit, and the doctor does a little bit of small talk, does nothing, and then tells them to come back in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Or they just want to play, like, medication roulette. Zero tests were ordered. So finally, they go to Pittsburgh. They start getting some answers, start getting some tests ordered. Then the insurance company comes back and wants to fight, well, you have to have these six procedures done before we'll approve this one. Right. Now, specifically with this person, these tests are invasive. Mm-hmm. They're not fun. And mm-hmm. by no means without pain. Mm-hmm. The doctor that he's seeing doesn't think he needs any of those. Mm-hmm. But yet the insurance company tried to fight that they needed to be done to before they would pay out this one. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how running him through this many tests could be good for their wallet instead of just approving the one. Um, it just seems hard to believe. Well, but finally, a- <clears throat> after some fighting that the doctor did mm-hmm. on behalf of his patient with the insurance company, they finally approved it. But I'm like, this is fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's ever dealt with any kind of real debilitating illness, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus. And then yeah. you have to go through this on top of it just to not lose hope in that entire ordeal of trying to get good, good mm-hmm. treatment. It's just not acceptable. Well, I might be wrong, but I think that someone told me the reason that um, a Wheeling Hospital got sued was because they were doing something similar to that where all the doctors were basically shopping out the same patient to all these different doctors to try and get them to each get their piece of the pie out of that patient so they would get the bill for that patient. Um, basically, it was a money-making machine. Um, when I worked uh, at a mental health facility back around 2003, uh, Medicaid was trying to, um, you know, cut their budget. And so they were putting forth all of these uh, really difficult hoops that, you know, providers had to jump through in order to get paid. Well, the particular place that I worked for was extremely good. They had a really good uh, billing guy, IT guy, who knew how to do the prior auths, who was, you know, just a whiz kid. And um, so we were actually excelling at that part of it. So then what our CEO decided to do was to schedule mental health patients for as many visits as we could get authorized, whether they needed them or not. And at the time, I was also a client receiving mental health treatment at this place where I worked. And at one of the meetings, I said, well, speaking as a client, as well as an employee, I think this is terrible. You're basically making people come out more times than what they need to. Some of these people have transportation issues. They have kids they have to get a babysitter for. And all you can think of is if we can get them approved for 10 visits, let's make them take 10 visits, even if they don't need 10 visits. And their answer to me was, oh, well, if we don't survive as a business, we can't help anybody. So it was, it, this is the problem with making health services about profit, you know, because only thing people care about is the bottom line, even if they're justifying it by saying, hey, if we go under, our, our patients won't have anybody. That's not a reason to torture people. You know, healthcare should be about the health of the patient, not about how, how you have to survive financially, how you have to make money off of them. It's just none of it's good for health. Well, it's crazy, too, because working with attorneys, I've learned that there are certain things that they can do that might make the bar association just come back and be like, you know what? You're not an attorney anymore. I didn't realize that was a thing until I worked 
for attorneys that, mm-hmm. you know, at any time, <clears throat> if you do something that they deem like this is not OK, and we're not going to allow you to hold a license for the law in the state. They can just take it away. They can suspend it. And I mean, I get that they can do that with medical licenses, too. But I'm like, wow, what exactly needs to happen for that to happen? Because I see a lot of doctors getting away with an awful lot. And uh, actually, my aunt was being treated by a doctor that did have their license, something with their license uh, in a different state. So then they just moved to this state where nobody knew that and ran a practice here that then later got in trouble for some kind of uh, contamination. And then she had to be tested to make sure that she hadn't, didn't contract HIV or AIDS from this contamination, to which she didn't get the results back for several weeks. Um, so yet another flaw in her healthcare system. Um, but I specifically remember the very first time I tried to get help for mental health, and I talked to a general practitioner because I was a teenager, and what, what the fuck did I know? I was like 19. What did I know about, oh, if it's mental health, you need to talk to a psychiatrist, or you need to talk to... I didn't know any of that shit. All mm-hmm. I knew was that something wasn't right. And that doctor asked me if I was religious and then went on to tell me that my lack of faith probably contributed to the fact that I was having mental health issues. So basically, here's, you know, take two Jesus and call me in the morning. And um, I was fucking devastated. I remember that. I was devastated. I don't think that my mental that health horrifying. has ever been so bad in my entire life. And I'm glad that at least I had family members, you know, who who aren't, at, you know, don't react badly to mental health issues because I know a lot of people deal with that and they have to keep it quiet because their families are not supportive and they don't believe in it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm glad that I had people around me that I could come home and basically just, you know, be hysterical that I had to go through this because I was just like... So it's the one time you're glad all of your family is it's crazy. It's fucking nuts, yeah, because I, I came home and I'm like, this can't be right. I was just devastated. I'm like, I actually like reached out for help and like, this is the answer that I got. Wow. And yeah. the people around me were like, no, that's not normal and like, we'll make sure we find somewhere that you're not going to have this experience. And I'm really glad for that because I really think if I didn't have that, that probably would have been it for me. Yeah. I mean, take somebody in their most desperate state and just be like, well, this is your own fault because mental illness isn't real and it's just your lack of belief in Jesus. <laughs> ridiculous that guy should have lost his license yeah no doubt but when i yeah. called they sent me a bill for it that was what set me off several weeks later i received a bill for it when i was kind of in a better state of mind and i called them and i was just like you've got to be literally out of your fucking mind like crazier than i am if you think right. i'm gonna pay this fucking bill and i'm like i want the name of this doctor and i want everything that he wrote down faxed to me i want it right now mm-hmm. and like they just acted they finally wiped the bill away under the agreement that basically i would let it go mm-hmm. and i'm just like no this this guy that guy should have lost his license yeah i mean totally fucked so speaking of your thing on death panels um this is a story from 2018 an Oklahoma jury awarded $25.5 million to the family of a cancer patient denied coverage by Aetna, with jurors saying that the insurer acted recklessly and that the verdict was meant as a message to Aetna to change its ways. The award is believed to be the largest verdict in an individual bad faith insurance case in Oklahoma history. One court observer said, and could have major ramifications across the country for a form of cancer treatment called proton beam therapy. The case revolved around a 2014 denial of coverage for Arana Cunningham, who had stage four nasopharyngeal cancer near her brainstem. Her doctors wanted to receive uh, her to receive proton beam therapy, a targeted form of radiation that could pinpoint her tumor without the potential for blindness or other side effects of standard radiation. Edna denied her coverage, calling the therapy investigational and experimental. 
Rana and her husband, Ron Cunningham, retired uh, Oklahoma City firefighter, had been together since 1987. Uh, he was determined to do whatever it took to get the love of his life treatment she needed. The couple mortgaged their dream home and set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for the $92,000 to get the therapy her doctor had prescribed uh, at the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Texas. However, Orana died May 30th, 2015, at the age of 54, in part from a viral infection that reached her brain. So, anyways, he subsequently sued them and won $25.5 million. Good for them. But she was dead. And, um... I guess good for you. There's your death panel. There's your death panel. Now, when I worked, um, in the hotel industry, they had Aetna health coverage there. And, um, I brought this up at the meeting that they had, um... Because a friend of mine died of cancer right before I started there. And uh, she required a pharmaceutical that was like, I think it was like $20,000 for a month's treatment. And um, she had insurance, but the insurance company wouldn't pay for it. And um, so her doctor was in the process of trying to get the pharmaceutical company to give it to her on the same way that this doctor was telling the insurance company, like, she needs this particular medication. Um, and <clears throat> she died. So, um, you know, I brought this up at this meeting with this Aetna rep and I was like, would you cover cancer treatments? And, um, he was like, yeah, we do. And I said, well, um, what about this lawsuit where you had to pay $25.5 million because you denied a woman's cancer treatment? And, um, but your employer was like, shut the fuck up. I mean, everybody in the room was like aghast that I would ask this question. I'm thinking, why are you aghast at me asking this guy a question? He's not a person of authority. He's a scammer coming in here telling you if you fork over your part of your paycheck, you're going to get the greatest insurance that's ever known to man. And God forbid something happens to you because my friend died of cancer. Like, I don't understand why people are intimidated by these insurance reps when they come in there spouting their bullshit. Ask them these questions. Ask, call your insurance. If you have insurance right now, call your insurance carrier up and ask them if, you, if it covers cancer treatment. And look at the fine print because. One of the medications that my mom could have taken <clears throat> for that fri uh, fibrosis <clears throat> is $11,000 a month. $11,000 a month to treat that fibrosis. Now, the doctor never even developed a treatment plan for it, so that was his bad. You know, um, that's on him. But as far as whether the insurance company would have covered that medication, my mom has a $6,000 deductible. So she would have had to pay $6,000 up front. And then after that, um, the rest would have been covered by the insurance for the remainder of the year. So, and is it full coverage? Or, because a lot of times, too, <laughs> you have to pay that three, six, whatever amount deductible. Then for them to cover it, 60, 40, 80, right. 20. No, and that's, and that's the thing, too. I think my mom, when she says, well, my insurance has a $6,000 deductible, so I'd only have to pay for it you know, the $6,000 and then they would cover it. Are you sure they cover this medication? Right. That's what I'm saying because a lot of people pay these ridiculous five, six, seven, twelve hundred $1,200 a month premiums and they think they've got a Cadillac insurance and then something like cancer slaps them in the face and they find out, oh, it's too expensive. We don't cover that. Or something as simple, like I said, most of the experience that I have um, is in the mental health sector of dealing with healthcare. Uh, but when I was looking at healthcare.gov at different plans, and now, granted, this was before uh, the stimulus package passed, so I guess I'll have to recheck it to see. Um, 
but there were tons and tons of plans and different prices, ridiculous deductibles on all of them. But when I put in my provider, um, it eliminated it down to two. And the provider that I see is in one of, one of, I think, only two mental health facilities in the entire Ohio Valley because the other one, which was part of a hospital, closed. They were bankrupt. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I thought that was quite interesting that I'm like, great. So I don't have a, a selection of providers to begin with. Then I finally find one, which if you ever deal with mental health care, you know that, you know, finding a shrink or a therapist that you actually like is also part of the equation. But then seeing if your insurance will even cover it. Um, right. So awful. I was under therapy for years with a doctor and then hadn't gone, you know, had 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 been through with my therapy. Um, and then years later, um, wanted to go back. It was when we were going to go back together. Mm hmm. And, um, well, they told me, your doctor's no longer in network, so you're more than welcome to see him, but you have to pay for everything. <laughs> right, yeah. Or you yeah. can go see this total stranger who knows nothing about your history, who's never seen you before, and try to start next, from square yeah. one You're going to spend over the again. next year of sessions, which will probably one every other month, because we got to spread it out because we have so many patients, uh, re-explaining <clears throat> all the shit that this guy already knows, um, and hope that you like him. I mean... <laughs> This is another one from 2019. It's a year later, and it's over the same proton beam therapy. Um, different, different family. It says a federal judge blasted United Healthcare. Also, a different. Uh, the last one was Aetna. A federal judge blasted United Healthcare last month for its immoral and barbaric denials. That's in quotes. Immoral and barbaric denials of treatment for cancer patients. He made the comments in recusing himself from a hearing in a class action lawsuit because of his own cancer battle and in so doing thrust himself into a heated debate on the oncology world. The issue is a treatment known as proton beam therapy, an expensive alternative to standard radiation that proponents say is more precise form of treatment with fewer side effects. Opponents have questioned whether proton therapy is worth the high cost to fight some forms of cancer, and insurance companies have often denied coverage for the treatment, calling it, quote, experimental. The case that came before U.S. District Judge Robert Scola was brought by a prostate cancer survivor who alleged United Healthcare wrongfully denied him and thousands of others coverage of proton beam therapy. So when I questioned the Aetna guy about this denial that they had done that cost him this $25 million lawsuit, his answer was that if you're denied for any treatment, you can appeal to Aetna and they have a panel of physicians that reviews your appeal. And I said to him, well, if you go to a physician who's treating you, shouldn't that physician be the one who decides what treatment is appropriate for you, not the insurance company's panel of physicians? I mean, I think your insurance, I think your physician should be the one to determine that, not your insurance company's physician. Um, and he said, well, there, like I said, there is a process where you can go through, you know, an appeal and, and try to have a decision, of blah, 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 like try to blow me off. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, all these, all the fear mongering that has been going on for decades over government funded healthcare, the the private healthcare system is failing. It's collapsing, and uh, people are being crushed under the weight of its collapse uh, as days go on. And if you don't believe me, it's probably because 
You haven't experienced it You yet? haven't been crushed by it you'll, yet. You'll get there you'll eventually. Get there. One day. There's and, no way to avoid it, so. You know, and I think the statistics of, you know, how many um, Republicans, uh, conservatives, are now in favor of government-funded health care has gone up because a lot of conservatives are older and, um, you know, they're experiencing a lot of health problems now. Not only that, but um, a lot of them come from poverty-ridden states. I mean, if you look at Democrat versus Republicans, a lot of Republicans come from states that are the poorest states. Mm -hmm. And um, all of your people are dying. You know, it's yeah. kind of hard to keep your numbers up and win re-election when literally all of your constituents either experience it themselves or know someone who has. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and that's that's where I am. I mean, I don't I don't know how anybody in West Virginia is against government health care because, like I said, I don't know anyone mm -hmm. that doesn't have issues with it. even people who have some of the best union jobs yep. at companies that have great insurance. Yep. And then at the end of the day, they're like, wait a minute. I have this excellent insurance. Why can't I get the treatment that I need? Right. Or why can't my kid go to the doctor right now? Like, right. I mean, <laughs> everyone's experiencing it. So mm -hmm. I think as time goes on, it's, it's going to be inevitable. And to bring it back to full circle, I mean, you know, we are one of the most unhealthy countries. And I think West Virginia is like the most unhealthy state. Well, <laughs> in, 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 in conjunction with our shitty habits, um, we, poor areas are very typically the place where industry sets up that is going to give people health problems. Um, we have a lot of, you know, we'll, our coal miners have black lung. Um, you know, a lot of our in, uh, uh, industry workers, like my grandfather worked at um, Blonox uh, Foundry, Center Foundry. Um, and those, he was exposed to asbestos. So a lot of your grunt workers are exposed to these chemicals. People at the steel plant up there are exposed to um, where your brother works right now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of pollution in the creation of those products. And so a lot of those jobs that create health problems for people, look what happened with um, DuPont. We did a whole episode on the poisoning of America and we covered the DuPont. If you get a chance to see Dark Waters, it's one of the best movies I think was ever made. Um, and it's a true story about DuPont bringing the great jobs to the poor, ignorant folks of West Virginia. DuPont, great DuPont, great paying jobs that was poisoning people, riddled with cancer, riddled with cancer. Yeah, I may be incorrect on this. I haven't checked it in a while. But West Virginia, I can absolutely guarantee, is in the top three of cancer deaths. But I'm pretty sure we're number one. We're up there with Kentucky. Um, we're pretty high up there in obesity. In prescription drug abuse, um, depression, and I'm pretty sure we're number one in cancer. But uh, yeah, we have awful. Oh, so Kentucky, Mississippi, then us. Yep, you were I right. Mean, we are top five. Right. I know, absolutely, we're top five deaths for cancer. Uh, we have like one of the worst prescription drug problems in the entire country. I mean, it just it just goes on and on. West Virginia is only in the top rankings of the worst things. We mm -hmm. don't rank good anywhere for Except anything. Except in vaccines. Oh, yeah. There is that. Look we at did, us. We did accomplish Look that. Look at us. Probably because everyone's like, oh, my God, I'm already so sick. I better get it so I don't die. I wonder how many people asked if they could keep the needle afterwards. That's <laughs> sad but true. Sad but true. <laughs> we have an awful epidemic here. 
So, anyways, that was Life our... the dark humor. Yes. You know, <laughs> hey. I just, just having flashbacks of those those uh, dis- needle disposal things at the track. I just heard a... On people the, used to pry open and steal the dirty needles. I heard a, a, on the news, on, on the radio, just a few days ago, that Marshall County is experiencing um, a lot of deaths related to overdose and that they think it is fentanyl-laced heroin. And the sheriff was just like... I don't know what you want me to do. It's already oh, yeah. out there. We don't know mm-hmm. how to track it. We don't know where it's coming from. Uh, but basically, they were just like, yeah, if you know somebody who's using drugs and they start to turn blue, it's probably this stuff. And I'm like, wow, what a fucking horrible area we live in that this is just on the radio. We're just like trying to warn people because yeah, it's like, the drugs uh, are so bad here. Did they know if it was a, if it was a contamination or if it was a hot shot or like, what was it? I don't know. They didn't say in the report. I just know that they said that there have been several. So they assume it's just a batch that was... Uh, heavily laced with fentanyl um but yeah fucking tragic i don't think i know basically everyone i know my peers have been directly related to or extremely close to someone who's died of a drug overdose at this point um it's fucking awful but yet i i don't know of any treatment facilities anywhere near here i know that when i called around Several different places, hotlines. Uh, I called Northwood because I knew they do some drug treatment, but they only have they only they have like less than twenty beds there for inpatient mental health and drug issues, um, which clearly is not enough for a city of thirty thousand people and the surrounding areas that basically have nothing. Um, just not a lot of treatment options for people who are who are trying to get better. So you think that would be something that we're focusing on, but nah. <laughs> now nah, we're too worried about uh, making sure trans kids can't play sports. <laughs> yeah (laughs) oh by the way too when we did that episode and you were like you know they're preemptively doing this i guess there was one case in uh one of the southern counties which is what spurred all of this right cnn was grilling asa hutchinson i think it was his name um who was a republican who i guess this week refused to sign a bill into law that would prevent medical treatment for trans youth and um so now the Republicans are attacking the hell out of him. Um, but earlier he did sign the ban on trans uh, people participating in sports. But he said when it got to medical care, denying the medical care, that was a step too far. Wow. So they, they have <laughs> some type of moral compass? That's shocking. Yeah. Strange. But, I mean, I could go on Maybe they should this, do but... like what the dog, remember last week the dog is the poop compass? Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Republicans need to spin around in circles before they make a moral decision. I think they've been spinning around too much. Maybe that's no, their that's fucking problem. problem. That's probably, probably true. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I could go on about healthcare all day. I have horror stories for um for days. Yeah, and if you have them, which we're sure we're, we are sure that you do, like I said, feel free to share them on our uh, Twitter or on our Facebook, especially because like. We, we like to hear it. from people around the world, you know. I know that um, there was a crisis, like, in the UK and, and Ireland because the nurses were struggling on the low wages that they had. And I was like, you know, that's not the answer either to make, you know. I mean, we all kind of think sometimes that doctors make too much money, but, you know, nurses are the the grunt. I don't want to say They're the, the backbone. They're the backbone, right? They, they, they are a lot of long, hard hours. And... um Definitely not making a doctor's on wage. the front lines, right? Um, so I don't. That's not the. That's not the answer either. But um, yeah, it's all a bad system. So now that we've covered that extremely horrifying and depressing reality of our 
shithole country. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have something funny to end on? Yeah, so we had so much fun with our funny animal thing like last week that was just kind of spontaneous because I happened to just see it on a documentary that um, we decided we should do that if we can once an episode. So um, today we're going to learn about an exciting little creature called a cucumber fish. Is that a flashback to Sesame Street? <laughs> Today's word is That's a cucumber. <laughs> Like, I know you're already like, what kind of sexual like innuendo can, there's going to be plenty. Okay. So be, <laughs> be prepared to clutch your pearls because it's going to get real. Okay. So the cucumber fish goes along the seafloor and is basically like a living section of intestine. And it scoops up gunk off the bottom of the seafloor and poops it out the other end. It's just like a tube. Which is why I guess it's called a cucumber. And the interesting little phenomena about this fish is that it has a little like buddy called the pearl fish. Ready? To clutch your pearls? That lives in its anus. <laughs> why did I know you were going to pick something like this? <laughs> okay, so um, this is an article in Wired, actually. It wasn't where I saw this about the fish, but this is funny. It says, if Buddhists are right about that whole reincarnation thing, it'd be hard to imagine what you'd have done so wrong to die and come back as a sea cucumber. <laughs> One minute you're human, and the next you're crawling around the seafloor as what is essentially a mobile intestine, hovering up food at one end and expelling out the other. And then, inevitably, the pearlfish would find you. You're breathing through your anus, by the way. And when you take a breath, the pearlfish strikes, squirming up your butt, making itself comfortable in your respiratory organ, and eating your gonads. <laughs> there is not a single part of that. Like, that's just even too much. I'm like trying to think of what kind of joke I can crack. And I'm like, I don't know. This is just too much. Or, just too or, much. or they'll go up in pairs and have sex inside your body cavity. <laughs> oh, God. Like, that's just beyond, like, a threesome. All right, hold on. New goal. <laughs> Let me write this down. Goals 2021. <laughs> uh, and that's when you realize you must have been a really awful human being in a past life. I don't know. Like, some people might think that sounds pretty good. No, nothing about that <laughs> sounded good. Please have your head examined. <laughs> well, you can't because you probably don't have any health insurance. But <laughs> Like, the type of person... Who talks on their phone in a movie theater kind of awful. So the pearl fish come in a range of species and don't necessarily limit themselves to invading sea cucumbers. They'll also work their way into sea stars and are also named because they've been found dead inside of oysters. So the pearl fish, like the cucumber, the sea cucumber is an anomaly, right? But the pearl fish is like... I don't know what to say about it being like, it's like the ultimate sexual predator. <laughs> it's just, and then like the thing about the sea cucumber is it has like this defense mechanism where it can expel its intestines out of its rectum. But when the pearlfish goes up in there, it doesn't eject it. <laughs> so I don't want to say the cucumber likes it, but. Stop. <laughs> You are to stop now. <laughs> like one of these cucumber fish they found had 14 pearl fish. Oh, God. This looks like I looked up a picture of it. I don't know why. <laughs> as if it couldn't get any worse. 
I had to look up a photo of it. This shit looks like the movie Alien, you know? Like when its tongue comes out and then the thing comes out of its yeah. tongue. That's what this looks like. Except there's te- it's teethless. Of course. Because <laughs> you know what they say about teeth. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to know. Don't. Just, no, it's not. I'm, I think I'm traumatized enough. <laughs> I think if it had anything on it that looked like teeth, the pearl fish wouldn't be so eager. But it just looks like a nice... Stop. <laughs> I can't deal with this. <laughs> I'm full of so much cringe right now. I yeah, think my I mean, chest it's cavity's so bizarre. Like you've heard about like the little birds that land on hippos and eat the shit off of them and something. You're like, okay, well that's like a symbiotic relationship, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> I never met a butthole I didn't like. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. You know, I was thinking, oh, animal facts. I'm like, maybe we're gonna talk about, you know. Like why they call little baby kangaroos joeys or, you know, something, something great. No. No. But one thing I can say in defense of the pearl fish, it will never experience a housing crisis. <laughs> so you've said two things now that I'm like, wait, these quiz correlates with most Republicans. Like, hold on. They never met an asshole they didn't like. They never have to experience any real housing crisis. Right. <laughs> I feel like there's a. There and they're always trying to stick their head up someone else's ass. There you go. All right. <laughs> Uh, so that's my fun animal fact of the week. That's going to be kind of hard to top next week, though. <laughs> I'm terrified of what you're going to bring. You know, the great tit. Was that what it was? Great tit? Great, great tit. That, that great was, tit. That was great. That was great. I like that. Got a great tit there. I got like some I great tits. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go uh, cleanse myself after this. <laughs> Stick some Q-tips in my fucking ear or something. <laughs> don't jam it too deep because you don't have good health insurance. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this now okay. before you start going on more butthole jokes. I don't think I could take it. I don't think I could take it. So uh, this is Juke signing off. And this is Mick signing off. <laughs>